106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. All right, Jesse, you know, I tell people, I try to tell people because I don't want to like give people the wrong impression. I'm not a stoner. I'm just an occasional smoker. I just, I have a lot of occasions. So like this morning when I woke up, that was an occasion. Uh, getting on the phone call with you right now, this is an occasion. There you I'm go. go check the up. mail later. Might, uh, that might be another occasion. So <laughs> every time we switch subjects, that's an occasion. That's right. Another reason uh, to roll another joint. I'm the same way. I don't think I have an alcohol problem. I think alcohol has a me problem. So <laughs> it's got a it's problem more, with you. It's more on it than me. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, Jesse, introduce yourself. Some people may, you know, you might be ringing bells for some people because we've done things with you in the past, but introduce yourself where we can find you online, all that stuff. Oh, uh, Jesse Tuttle. I'm the head of Champagne Urbana Comedy. Uh, you can find me at cucomedy.com, at Champagne Urbana Comedy on Facebook. Um, at CU Comedy on Instagram. We keep trying to build that a little bit. Uh, we don't have Snapchat or TikTok or anything, even though I know those are the popular ones, but I haven't... Uh, you, you saw how long it took me to figure out this microphone and turning on the video <laughs> for a Zoom. It may take a little... That's that's more of a Justin. My brother, Justin Tuttle, uh, helps me run CU Comedy. He's the what I call technical advisor because that sounds way better than the guy who makes my online images because I still can't use paint on old Microsoft. So, uh, yeah, uh, head of CU comedy, been a stand-up comedy comedian for, uh, 11 years. I think, wow. 11 years. 11 I haven't years, thought man. about that until I said it. Maybe it's closer to 12, but that's about right. It's ballpark. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, uh, folks, if you just want to copy and paste any of that into your like browser, you know, Instagram or whatever, we're going to throw all those handles in the podcast description. So check that out. Yeah. If you just um, go to uh, cucomedy.com, just a letter C, the letter U, like Champagne Urbana, cucomedy.com, all of our, uh, we have our direct links on there for whatever social media we got running right now. Yeah. So cannabis comedy, we feel like it goes hand in hand. That's why we wanted to bring you on. We also wanted to bring you on because you're a Chillinois local. So um, born and raised in Chillinois, right? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, born in uh, a town called Westville, Illinois, which is by Danville, which a lot of people listening may not know either one of those, but uh, about 40 minutes east of uh, Champaign. But I've lived in Champaign for like 15 or 16 years now. So at this point, it's easier just to say I'm from Champaign. Yeah. When did you start um, performing in general, not even in stand up? Like, did you have anything before stand up comedy? Like, oh, yeah. Clown? <laughs> Uh, no, I was, we, me and my brother, both, we were really shy in school. Like people are always surprised when they run into us that this is what we're doing. Like I was a huge loner sat by myself. Like I had friends and people liked us, but we didn't really, we just kind of hung, we just, we went to school, came home, hung out and that's it. We were like absolute loners. So people were kind of surprised for it. Uh, but we did professional wrestling from when I was 17 until, Wow, I can't even remember the years. At least twelve years. That was basically our job before comedy was doing professional wrestling. Uh, that was uh, my body fills it every day. Now that I'm 38, like <laughs> getting out, getting out of the bed, I could I could roll a joint and smoke it because to me that's an occasion is being able to get out of bed without grunting. Right, you need uh, some assistance. <laughs> I, I I think I need some assistance getting. It's I'm I am so screwed when I get older. Uh, I, old older than this, older than 38 because if I'm already feeling this bogged down at 38, I'm in a lot of trouble when I, if I hit my sixties, I've done a lot of drinking, smoking and drugs. So there's a good chance <laughs> I won't even make it that far, but maybe I'll be so, an anomaly. 
done a lot of drinking, smoking, and drugs. Hey, you yes. sound like you fit right in here with the Chillinoid podcast. I am, so, I am perfect for this. Yeah. So, hey, before we get too much further, because I definitely want to talk to you about your professional wrestling career, if you want to call it that, endeavor, whatever. Um, but before we get too far, do you have any upcoming dates? I know you, I think you have one technically tonight, uh, but any others upcoming? Uh, yeah. Well, tonight and tomorrow, we're at uh, Sleepy Creek Vineyards in Fairmount. Illinois, which is about 30 minutes east of Champaign. It's a winery uh, that we do. We can only do limited capacity right now sure. because of all the rules. So we can only do 50 tickets. That's why we're doing. So two you're shows. probably sold out at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Both shows tonight and tomorrow are uh, both sold out. They usually can do like a little over a hundred, 115 there, but at half capacity plus with staff and comedians taken in, we can only do 50. So we decided just yeah. to do two shows, uh, but those two are both sold out. And then Wow, we got a break because it's hard to get shows going right now. Uh, April 17th, we're uh, in Urbana, Illinois at Boulder Rota's, uh, which is inside the Lincoln Square Mall, Cool, uh, which is kind of a weird atmosphere. It seems like it, but the shows we did both went really, really well there. Uh, we were really building a base and then all this happened. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, that's April 17th. Uh, tickets are on sale now. We can only do like 54 tickets for that one because even though it's a huge space where they're at the capacity, uh, so we, and we put them on sale for reserve yesterday, and I think we've already got we're already about like 25 percent sold out. So those are probably going to sell out within two weeks. I figured they'll go quick. So, folks, is it cucomedy.com to get tickets? Yeah. Yeah. And right now we're just doing uh, reserve tickets and I'll send you a link. Uh, it's kind of confusing, but like usually we just have people buy them straight. But we have to be so careful about like the sure. tables and we need yep. to maximize the space. So it has to be at least parties of four, because if not, because you can't see like, uh, you know, two, what? two different groups together. I think people are going to do whatever they can. If it means a hand job behind the venue beforehand to see you do some comedy, which we do, <laughs> which CU comedy offers for 20 bucks a piece. It's $10 to watch, but we need to make hey. money and our, our shirts, <laughs> our shirts only sell so good. But then yeah. uh, we also have, uh, we have the week after that, April 24th in Loda, Illinois, which is our first time there. It's about 45 minutes North of Champaign at uh, the Lakeview country club. We'll be doing two shows in one day. Cause again, capacity, uh, so yeah. we're doing 4.30 and 8, but those tickets will be on sale soon at the website as well. Well, folks, uh, keep your eyes peeled on that because I just have to say from a personal standpoint, I've been to multiple CU comedy shows. Uh, they, you guys put on a killer show, man. You've got, I always got a crazy lineup and uh, I, I can only imagine how fast those tickets are going now because people are just craving that comedy connection, you know? Oh, yeah, because we haven't had a show in Champaign area since... Wow, I think October we were at Alto Vineyards, uh, which is a winery in Champaign, uh, an outdoor show. Uh, yeah. We did them. We did them all summer, uh, which we're going to start those again in May, also outside cool. in late May. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's we haven't had a show in a long time, and after this one, our next one isn't until in uh, Alto in late May. So uh, yeah, the supply and demand. I really we went with fifteen dollar tickets. We probably could have pumped that up because of supply and demand, but we also don't want to. Make yeah. people spend too much money. Uh, you know, people yeah, thinking it's because it's like a, yeah. the exclusivity of it or whatever, yeah. we, whatever a shyster would say to get more money out of people. We really should have pumped those up. But yeah, uh, those are the only shows we have right now. But we're hoping to get back into some kind of flow as we go. But yeah. it's, it's going to be a little bit of time before we get a consistent lineup again. Hey man, 15 bucks for a little bit of medicine. And I, you know, laughter is the best medicine, right? Yeah. So. And uh, the Boulder Road, they now have their own bar, so they don't have to bring one in. Uh, they also, and there's going to be food bar. So it's a, uh, it's complete setup there. Cool. That, well, that's awesome folks. Yeah. Check that out. I wanted to make sure we plug that before we get too far and we'll bring it up again at the, at the end of the show. Cool. Um, 
So, yeah. So it sounds like you started doing uh, professional wrestling at 17. Yeah, 17. When we started doing it, uh, there was still a state commission then. I don't think there is now, but you were supposed to legally be 18 to be able to do it. So we I had was going to gonna ask. Yeah, we had to. Yeah, we had to uh, <laughs> it, I think it was about a month before our 18th birthday was our first official match in professional wrestling. Uh, so we had to lie to the state commission which is weird because they didn't ask for IDs or anything. So it was a, uh, it was a very easy lie to tell. It was, I don't think they really cared, but we had to yeah. be careful. Yeah, we started that when we were 17 and we did it until, wow. I want to say we were at least 29. I went back for a couple years without Justin. I did it with my twin brother, Justin, for the most part. Uh, but no, I, we, uh, we wrestled a lot in Wisconsin, Chicago. I had a, a long stand in uh like Nat the Nashville uh Memphis area. I was down there for a couple of years wow. uh learning it, but I probably wrestled in at least 27 different states at a certain yeah. point. Uh it was uh, it was a lot of traveling and a lot of getting beat up. It's the, the fake thing is obviously choreographed to to an extent depending on yeah. because when I was in Nashville it's what's called like old school style. What there's times I wouldn't even see the guy that I was because we were in different locker rooms. I wouldn't even see him until we got out in the ring. And like we would know what the finish is because we would both get it. But then after that sure. like you have to figure it out when you're out there. And it was a lot of and I was really young too. So it was a lot of learning on the fly, but it did make you better. Yeah, uh, but that was that was probably the most fun I ever had in wrestling was when I was in like the Nashville. I got to wrestle in a place called the Mid South Coliseum in Memphis, which is like for wrestling. A lot of people won't know, but for wrestling, it's like a legendary uh, venue. If people have ever seen the old uh, Andy Kaufman when he wrestled, yeah, uh, when they ever let him. Well, the, the, all the stuff that he did in the big shows was at the Mid South Coliseum in Memphis. So it was that same huge building. Uh, so I got to do a couple of shows there, which were awesome. Uh, and then me and Justin uh, went to mostly Chicago after that for a while, but uh, I missed it and I don't miss it because I'm, I'm hurt enough. If I would have kept it. Well, you know, I wanted to take on what you said. Yeah. What, just for people, you know, that kind of laugh when you hear professional wrestling, like we get it right. Um, but also like there's something that those people don't get, which is that like, sure. It's uh, there's a, a bit of suspension of belief, mm. right. That you have to right. in order to enjoy the show. But when it comes down to it, uh, you know, when you're flying through the air doing a front flip and, you know, you land on some like that is real. Yes. Maybe you're not trying to land on them with all your weight. Maybe you're trying to make sure you land correctly with your back flat and stuff, you know, maybe right. there are things, but that doesn't happen all the time. And no, not only no, that, doesn't. But you guys, uh, I wanted to ask you about this. What was your schedule like? Was it like every fucking night the way? Uh, that when when we got into it and like it, it took a few years, it's just like stand up or anything where it takes quite a few years to get to where you're consistently booked or consistently. Sure. But there was a time where it was every every Friday, every Saturday when I was doing the loops in Nashville. Oh, my God. It was like I was doing it like four to five days a week because we were See, just, we were in the same towns a lot like uh, every single week on the same day for months and months and months for that went on for a long time so the most i ever did was like four or five days a week and a lot of times it was you were booked pretty much on fridays and saturdays yeah that's that's crazy yeah actually you know so i was a uh big fan of professionally professional wrestling when i was young this is kind of how it happened so i remember my watching it with my father growing up and I remember seeing Sting on the, I thought Sting was so cool with like the face paint and stuff. And that was like my first exposure right. to professional wrestling. But I don't know. I, I just, it, that was like when I was maybe four or five, I just kind of forgot about it. I forgot that it even really existed. And one day I saw, I was flipping through the guide and it was late at night and I saw 
w you know wwe friday night smackdown and i was like let's check it out and i and i turn it on i think it was actually monday night raw now that i think about it um and i turn it on and vince mcmahon is there talking shit i'm like who's this old guy talking shit? like what what's going on he's talking a bunch of shit and this other person comes out and he rips his shirt off i'm like what the fuck i did not expect him (laughs) to look like that you know and somebody gets hit in the face with a ladder and it was just it's a whole yeah. new world for me. I'm assuming that was probably late 90s, early 2000s, because that's when wrestling was at an all time fever. I mean, it was mm-hmm. so it was like just pop culture in the vernacular, like ratings were huge. And that's kind of when I got started was, I think I want to say the first time that it was like 2001 at the end, 2000, maybe 2000. But that's when wrestling was at like it's such a huge pitch. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's when I first got started. But same as you. That's how I got into it. Was just watching it. I was a fanatic when I was young. It's it's all I yeah. wanted to do when I was when I was really little. I do have a oh, so you mentioned Sting. Uh, I have yes. a story about that real quick. Uh, so when I was in when I was down in Nashville, uh, Sting was doing. I think it was when he was like half retired, but he did a movie like in, it's like a very Christian. Uh, it's like this. I can't even remember what this what it's called, but it's about his life story, okay. and it was like kind of a low budget thing. But Sting was a part of it. Uh, but so they had to have a guy to play like young sting. Like I trained that guy for the sting movie, uh, to play sting. But then a few of the taping days were there. Sting was there, uh, because I, then I was in the ring with him where sting was and me were showing the guy how to do like the falls and like for the scenes. And it's like, I'm I'm doing it with sting. And then we got to have lunch with him and stuff. I was like, Oh, this is so, I'm so glad I signed up for this. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I got to train the young sting and then, uh, got to work a little bit with the actual sting. Uh, for a few days and the movie never did anything it was like a super christian how he became born again kind of thing yeah. uh but getting up work with him like you guys used to watch him when i was little on tv so yeah. that was that was cool uh he was very nice but that's my that's my short uh that's my short sting story <laughs> that's, we're that's still we're still awesome. we're still best friends he gets a hold of me all the time we <laughs> sure we, we yeah. got some other movie projects coming up me and old sting you had a pretty big name uh, professional wrestler perform with you. What what was his name? I saw it was he it was Virgin. It was probably uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, Jake the Snake. Yeah, that was yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. yeah, it was at the old Art Theater in Champaign, which unfortunately is closed since then because it was such a great venue. Uh, yeah, because he didn't remember us, but I had done a few shows wrestling wise. I never wrestled Jake Roberts, which should have been, I think out of all, even if people don't know wrestling, they might know the name Jake the Snake Roberts. Because yeah, in yeah. the 80s, it was Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, and then right underneath Jake the Snake Roberts in terms of popularity. But he came in because he's doing storytelling. And sure. uh, like it's I don't want to say it's comedy, but it kind of is because the guy's an amazing storyteller. He has that Sam Elliott like very good everything he says that gravity and he's a great storyteller so for even if you didn't know wrestling it was a great great show but that's the thing i was actually gonna we were gonna swing this way uh or i wanted to swing this way there are so many parallels between wrestling and comedy people don't really notice it's almost it's almost the same business it's the exact same where it takes forever to get in when you're young it's you're you're just kind of doing the uh we can cuss on here right yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Fuck okay. Yeah. I, okay. Good. Uh, we were just doing all the shit work when you're young, and same as comedy. It's just you're not getting the good spots, and then it takes forever to build up. Uh, the, the basically the advertising, the promotion, everything's basically the same except you're promoting jokes and not guys in basically underwear beating each other up, which I think is a better draw for some people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, the, the parallels are. It's it's almost it really is. I think we almost had a leg up coming into stand up in the terms of 
promoting and knowing like how a show works, why it works a certain way. Cause we're very big on production. Yeah. Like to this day, I, I, my brother and I get into arguments, but anytime I have a show for stand up, like why I have to get there so early to set up, because I hate when people are coming in and we're still setting up the curtain. We're still setting up yes. the speakers. And that comes back from wrestling is if somebody hasn't been to a wrestling show, like when you walk in, you don't want to see them still setting up the ring. The, like the ambiance is you walk in like the ring setup. This is the, like, the guardrail. It's like a, you're starting almost like the mental imagery of the show. The second people walk in Hell yeah. So on the same way with stand up, like the, the sound test, everything needs to be set up and done before people walk in that door. And it's just to get them like, it, it basically when they walk in, they know what they're in for as soon as they walk in. Yeah. So I think wrestling really in like little terms and there's more, but have really helped us with that. Just the pr production, sometimes production value means more than the show obviously has to be good, but it's all about ambiance. It's all about like the mood people get in as soon sure. as they walk in the door. So wrestling really helped us with that in terms of running shows. Well, and with you bringing in, comedians or if we want to uh -huh. bring it back to wrestling superstars like you yeah you want to you want to have the venue set up and ready to go you can't control their performance at the end of the day if the crowd doesn't like them the crowd doesn't like them but that's that's the other parallel i wanted to bring up is that when somebody learns how to work a crowd which your brother is great at it yeah um uh, and and it doesn't even have to be working the crowd like he does it he's like calling people out and they're shouting work. back yeah. yeah he's fucking sharp um but, uh, you know, feeling the mood that that's a lot of what wrestling is. You know, you you start out high. It's a fucking everybody's invested. And yep. then maybe it kind of dips down a little bit and gets it. And then you bring it back up, you know, for your clothes. It's, yeah. I mean, even with wrestling, like there is like a they call it like a they, they call it psychology. But that's I always thought that was kind of pompous for wrestling. But it's a, there is like a theory on how a match goes and listening to a crowd and mm -hmm. with the way the ebbs and the flows go. And like that takes a long time to learn where wrestling, I always thought, was reacting and not acting. It was your yeah. reacting to people. And that's why I got kind of bored with it after a while is because and they do it now. And that's why I really don't watch it much is it's always been choreographed. But like when guys wanted to like plan stuff out, like literally a to z there was like what's m they have that planned i never like that like I, because if, if it's not going well it's just like stand up if it's not going well you better be able to switch gears or right you're just going to keep go you're going to keep going down a hole that no one wants to see this don't you yeah. don't you hear the crowd not responding uh so that it, it, again that's another thing that helped was and also just being in front of crowds was because yeah. stage fright for a lot of people is such a huge thing uh but with us it's like i get to be fully clothed and drink and do stand up like that's so much easier than happen to be sober and in tights yeah. so hell yeah well do you still from time to time and i'm sure now more than ever since you've been out of the groove i don't want to say that you've been out of the groove but you haven't been having shows as frequently right so do you, do you sometimes get like uh, nervous again more than usual? Do you get a little dry mouth? Like, you know, the, the stuff that happens yeah. when you started. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's not like starting over. It's kind of like just remembering how to, I don't want to say remembering how to ride a bike. That's a horrible analogy, but my, my brain's not totally clicking yet. Uh, but that's basically what it is. Like in every performer that I've talked to that we've had on the very few shows we've been able to do in the last year, Every, without be every single one of them just goes i might be kind of rusty i'm like yeah, yeah. Pr probably it's you're at a rhythm you, it's it's it, a lot of it is you remember what to say you kind of remember how to do it but with stand-up it's such a you have to get into a rhythm and yeah. when you're not when it's not doing it all the time it's like boy the things click a little bit slower and where you're just you're just off a beat uh yeah. it, it, it takes a little bit to get back into it so the few shows i've done it took me 
it definitely took me a little bit longer to get back into the rhythm of it. And some of them, I, I, I did not find that rhythm, but <laughs> luckily a lot of my shows, I just get the host. So uh, my job sure. is a little bit easier than doing a full 25, 30 minute yeah. set. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe I'm just getting a, a little high. So I'll snap back to our questions, but I just want to see if you can relate to me on this one. I feel like it's been such a long, like, for example, I was thinking about, I went the first time I ever went to Denver, Colorado to, to, purchase legal cannabis. I was on the way there and I was listening to the, to the Joe Rogan podcast. And he said, tomorrow night, I'm going to be performing at uh, some, you know, uh, mega center or whatever they call them um, in Denver, Colorado. And I was like, what? I was like, when was this podcast recorded? And I got tickets to go see him. And anyways, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, a show like yours, a show like that, like it seems fake to me at this point, like that you, that that stuff happens. Do you relate to that at all? Like, Oh like, my God. I, I actually used to do that type of thing. Like, Oh, and in, in the before time. Yeah. Right. It, it, it is strange. Uh, we just did a show last week and I haven't done, I've done a couple before that, but every one of them was like, we used to do this full time, like less than a year ago. It, yeah. it, it, it seems so strange. It's like walking back in and it's like, wow, I can't believe we did this all the time. Cause I just did one show and I'm like, Oh, I remembered why I hate this. This is, oh my god our show last week on saturday was not it, did not it did not go that well yeah it was <laughs> it was at a it was at a bar in a, a bar restaurant in charleston we did it last year and it went really well last year but i i think that group of people uh was definitely different than this one because i don't like through the, a year oh i don't like the 70 people <laughs> that were there like i think probably 20 of them were far too drunk to be there <laughs> And it just became uh, just dealing with them for the entire show. And it was like, oh, I did not miss this shit at all. So yeah. hopefully the shows this weekend jump me back into actually liking it. But yeah, just to give those lovely people in Charleston the benefit of the doubt. I bet you what happened was they got so excited for comedy. They're like, I'm getting fucking lit for comedy. I'm gonna have a good night. It's gonna be funny. And they just got too lit because they got too excited. They're like, it's the return of comedy. You know, yeah, just fucking, you know your, your theory on that is better than mine. I, I you know, what? I like that. So that's what we're going to go with. We had them so excited that uh, they uh, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. See how I so, so excited. They, they, they came they early control then, themselves. Yeah. Yep, that's uh, that's what that's what CU comedy brings to you is getting too drunk and yeah, I felt bad for the other people that were were there because it just became oh my, every one of our sets just became with dealing with those people because they would yeah. not shut up and like the venue's not going to ask them to leave in a bar restaurant. But see, on uh, the flip side, maybe maybe what I was just doing is projecting because when I before I go to a CU comedy show, I just get super fucking baked like super fucking baked and i probably laugh at too many things at least i'm not heckling them, that right? that is that is the best <laughs> problem to have like somebody who's so stoned that they're laughing during our setups we don't even need the punchline just yeah yeah laughing through the uh before we even get there but no this was the exact i would much prefer an audience of uh stoners than <laughs> and i'm a drinker too and i'll drink on stage with people i even have bits about it where where yeah. i'm i purposely drink with people i have some that i do where i know if i do it people are going to buy me drinks it's just the way and i i will keep those jokes in forever and it works every time oh, yeah. but then it, i was getting them from the people who were already sloshed and <laughs> it was like then the, it just became about them wanting to just continue to drink it's like we don't really even need to be here their their entertainment is at the bottom of that glass yeah so those shows are always a nightmare and hopefully uh uh it goes better tonight and tomorrow yeah 
I think the weird, the, I'll, um, I'm going to ask you uh, another question just, uh, about comedy, but I think one of the things that can probably make it tough as part of the adjustment is that the acoustics are so different, you know, since you rely on that, you know what I mean? And maybe I'm speaking, maybe I'm wrong. I just get the feeling that like these outdoor venues and listening to other comedians, they're like, they get it, but it's just different. Like it takes them a second to get it, you know, like yeah, well, the uh, horns, you know, <laughs> it's why it's why a lot of like comedy clubs are kind of in a way. Well, the most of them are built kind of the same way. It's like a very like it's like a box room low. Every one of them yeah. always wants a low ceiling, like uh, because it, it keeps laughs in. You hear them. It's, yeah. it's why when we had our open mic like at Clark Bar, it was actually mm. a really great room while it only seated 45 or so people. Uh, it was like this small box of a room. So if you got laughs, you heard it. And whereas our room, uh, where we did Soma, the CU Comedy Club inside there. Uh, I liked the room, but the issue was the ceiling was so high. Uh, and it's like you lose. We, we told every yeah. performer that came in there, you're doing better on stage than you think you are. Uh, because the acoustics in the room, it is important. Every laugh there would go up and go back. And I don't know why it worked that way, but yeah. everybody had trouble hearing laughs when they were at our place at Soma. Uh, so going back to like the outdoor venues, those are kind of rough because you usually, it's just such an open air. There's nothing for the laughs to bounce yeah. off of. Our out, Weirdly enough, our outdoor shows at Alto Vineyards, like those actually went well and you can hear laughs pretty decently there. I don't know why it works that way. Maybe it's I can't say it's the trees that are around like the little area, uh, but outdoor shows when people complain about it, they're usually right because you cannot hear la like everybody else in the crowd may hear the laughs. You can't hear shit. And that throws your timing off terribly because you're you're walking over laughs and you're going too quick because you, you can't hear them. Sure. So the, ac the acoustics in a room is really, really important. Yeah. I always like to talk. Yeah. I always like to, to get into those things. People don't realize about, about, about comedy, but um, so yeah. When, when did you start? So you started doing professional wrestling 17. When, in, when again, did you start doing comedy? Oh, well, I want to say 2008. So yeah, about 12 years, 12, 2008, 2009. So, cause we were, we were doing wrestling while we started doing stand up and then kind of migrated over. So it was around 2008, 2009. I think we started doing stand up. Okay, cool. And did you, where did you start? Do you remember like your first gig? Like, oh yeah, like we were, uh, we were, we definitely did not want to uh, do it first in Champaign because that was, we knew our first few times people we knew would come to see us. Sure. Uh, that, that has since stopped people, people <laughs> stop uh, coming after a while. But I think the first one we ever did was in Peoria, Illinois at the jukebox comedy club, just an open mic in front of 10 or 12 different people. Uh, that was about it. And then we did Bloomington, Illinois, because they had a small uh, open mic over there. And then we finally did a place called Memphis on Main in Champaign when it was still open, because it was the only open mic in Champaign. There was nothing at all right. that you could do. And I think our first one there, we brought a bunch of people. Like we have me and Justin brought like 30 people for our, our first open mic and since then, I can't get anybody to come. At, at if I can get three or I, I consider all the tickets bought now are me as a bringer since I'm promoting the show. But yeah. but yeah, I was uh, uh, Peoria, then Bloomington, then we got enough courage to do it in front of people we actually knew in Champaign. That's really cool. So when and when did you start? Um, I do have a question about like when you first started doing comedy. So I don't mean to like jump back and forth, but when oh, did you no, start dude, I'm, I'm, I'm scatterbrained. Please jump around. Uh, <laughs> see, uh, CU comedy. We started, I think I want to say the actual name CU comedy was around 2012. So it was about three years in, but the problem is what we did is we started basically, we took over the open mic in Champaign, which was the only one then. And we didn't have any shows. I think we were about six months in the guy that was running it 
uh, couldn't do it anymore. So we were only six months in. We basically started running uh, the open mic, which I would tell everybody, don't do that. You are not ready to run shows. But we just jumped in with both feet. And uh, but yeah, 2012, we started uh, CU Comedy. And the reason I did it was because we were trying to get more people to shows and to show how dated this is. It's when Facebook was first starting, basically, because it was just for college students. And then right. it became like open again. Oh, man doing this it makes me sound so old like i remember when facebook started and but basically we could to promote shows to get people to come like uh jesse tuttle's inviting you this like well who's this schmuck i don't know this guy like why would i possibly but just champagne urbana comedy it just sounded more official so we thought yeah. if we could run stuff under that banner it would get people's attention so it was cu comedy was a hundred percent a marketing ploy at all it yeah. was a bamboozlement in a way <laughs> Uh, but then it just became our brand that we put everything under. So I think it was 2012 when I got that great idea. Nice. Well, that's cool, man. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I understand. You know where you come from. See you comedy. It's got that that cool sound. It's got. Well, a mine nice... was because ours was like they don't know Jesse, and there's no reason they should. But it's just also this that duping of like. I'm from Champaign. I'm from Urbana. I like yeah. comedy. Well, that's going to get they're They're more likely to, that's going to get people's attention way over just my dumb ass, like some yeah. bozo on Facebook inviting them to something. Yeah. So, so yeah, people might not know you or people might know you and be like, I don't want to fucking see him. But if they get the, imp if they get the impression that it's CU comedy, well, then they get the impression that it's going to be more than just you. Right. So yeah, people now definitely go like, I know him and I don't want to fucking see him. That's it's <laughs> definitely evolved into that. But at first, no, it was, I was a, it was promising at first. Yeah. Um, so do you have any, I said, I wrote down, do you have any funny, crazy stories about bombing? But I was also thinking about this. Like, I don't mean to put you in the spot. Like if you don't have one off the top of your head, do you like, have you, have you ever had just like a lame fucking uh, gig that you got booked for? It was good money. Like I'm thinking like, I know some comedians do like uh, the retirement homes and it's like, Oh, you know, just brutal. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a few. Like no, these these are always these are always the best stories. I hate when people tell stories about like I did so well and I killed this night. It's like fuck off. You tell me a story <laughs> when you were doing your best stuff and you didn't get one laugh. That's and you were embarrassed and you quit afterwards. Yes. So those are the best stories. Uh, yeah, I got a few. Uh, one was like you mentioned. Uh, you do sometimes you do shows. Uh, I did I did do a show for a retirement center, uh, which was. I don't know why I accepted it. Like, I don't even remember the money being that good. I think it was as a chance, like it sounded like a good idea at the time. And then right after I accepted, it was just like, you know, this is going to go bad. Right. <laughs> uh, but I did, uh, it was like an old folks home and they were having like a comedy night. And uh, what they did, what made it even worse was right before I went up, they had a, what I, I think was a grandson of one of the residents that was there. He was like six year old kid. Uh, he went on stage and just told one joke as an opener. And it was, uh, what's a pirate's favorite subject in school art. And I'm not exaggerating. He got a two and a half minute fucking applause break from that. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, here's Jesse. It's like, there's no way that they, the show should have just been that kid reading yeah. Laffy Taffy jokes you follow and that. they would have loved it because I, I made the mistake of trying to like in a very lighthearted way because it was like a PG show. I tried like roasting the kid a little. That was the dumbest mistake I have because th those people, they did not get it, the humor in it. And they, they just wanted to see him. And halfway yeah. through my set, I tried to get that kid to come back on stage. And he he gave me the high hat. He was in the back of the room selling his merch or whatever the hell he was, his, his <laughs> CD. 
that that show was like, dude i just got done killing it but it, it, it's it's it was really hurtful just out of because everybody there is just like they're in retirement it's, it's like like their families probably don't come to see them that often they're getting stuck yeah. with needles uh half the day it's like most of them probably had shit in their pants at that moment and i was the worst part of their day me yeah. trying to tell jokes like that is a mind fuck I don't, I never need that again. So I've never heard one. If I ever hear a show about someone doing well for like a retirement center, like if you ever hear it, know this, they are fucking lying. It did not go well. You got to see it on video. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, well, we've done, we've done like corporate shows, uh, which those you do for the money. Now the money is good for when it's like, it's like an, like ours was uh, a place called Amdocs, which I honestly don't even know what they do. I just know it's like a big corporation and they wanted us to come in for their Christmas party or whatever it is and do like a yeah. stand-up show. Um, the problem was we, it was like at this venue that seated like 150 people. I, I don't think out of the 150 or so people there, more than five ever even turned around one time to listen to us. They just kept drinking. Cause they also had like an open bar for people, which that's mm. great. Great idea to have stand up with open bar, but they just wanted to eat and talk to people. So for literally an hour and a half, maybe five people even turned and they just talk the entire time. So you're just, you're talking over people who are not even paying attention to you and talking. Me and my brother had one performer on the show where we offered them some of our money. If they would do a longer time, just so we didn't have to go as long and as cheap as I am, that that's a feat. If people know how cheap I am, I would never do that, but we offered him money, <laughs> but that was the one where, when the, uh, the lady afterwards, uh, came to give me the check. I have never seen someone so angry to hand someone a check as cause she, cause she blamed us. Like for her, mm-hmm. it was like, why didn't you guys do this with the crest? Like you, you, they didn't listen. Like they yeah. didn't, they did not want us there. We, we were a nuisance to them right. Right. and shows, shows like that are, if it wasn't for the money, it'd be heartbreaking, but that was one of our better paid shows. Uh, that's the only reason to do a corporate show. Cause they always stink on ice, but it's usually large groups that have a shit ton of money. So they'll pay sure. you. Uh, yeah, the most, I think the most heartbreaking bomb I ever had is one time I had, I had, uh, and I didn't know that she was going to be there, but like an ex-girlfriend showed up and we had broken up like a year before why she came to this show when she probably knew I was going to be there or that's why she came. And I, I went up and I tried, I have never tried that hard in stand up because I wanted to be like, I'm going to show her what she's, what she dumped. Right. I, I bombed so fucking like embarrassingly bombed where it wasn't even silence it was whatever tone is three time octave lower than silence for the entire time and it's like the entire i just knew she was sitting there like knowing she made the right choice (laughs) that one sucked doing it in front of ex-girlfriends sucks when you bomb like that uh but those are kind of some of the worst i still I, i i still bomb sometimes even though i've done it for a while but yeah. it's everybody does. It's, I mean, it's jokes that have worked 50 times. And on the 51st time, it's like, sure. wow, nothing. Oh, shit. Right. Right. Well, spent that one. <laughs> and then, of course, it's just a, a, a anal retentive performer. Like, I get up in my head, like, well, that joke must suck then. That joke, that joke is like, it worked 50 times, but it didn't work the 51st time. So, got to get rid of it, which is such a absolutely asinine level of thinking but you're always it's the whole uh you're only as good as your last show which is bullshit but boy oh yeah. boy when you're a when you're as an insecure comic boy does that does that screw with you yeah man it can be tough i can't even imagine i can't even imagine it's it's it's, it's, it's heartbreaking yeah well 
Um, I, you know, I, I'll tell you what, when the, cause like you said earlier, the Clark bar, uh, the open mic at Clark bar, unbelievable room. I have mm-hmm. just so many good memories about right. that room and just, I've left that room sore from laughing and I'll tell you what people that are listening, I am going to go and I'm going to bomb at that Clark bar open mic. I'm just joking. I'm gonna, I want to try my hand at an open mic. I'll probably bomb, but I want to be able to say that I've done it, you know? So when things go back to normal folks, you can see me at the open mic. Uh, if uh, obviously signups are going to be, hopefully signups are going to be fucking crazy. Well, right? there might be an issue with that because I don't know if we're going to actually be going back to Clark bar with the new manage, the new management is, uh, upsetting a lot of people and uh sending a lot of the bands if we're going to try to work it out but uh there's some issues with that plus they've they've kind of redone it where they want to move the stage up to like the front room and i told them like nah. you that's the end of, i mean we can't do it it's no. you got to have a private have back that room. door open and yeah all that yeah stuff. so uh if if that doesn't work out like we're not putting a pin in it yet but it, it looks like it's probably going to be a no-go which is hard uh, again uh eight years and it really was and this isn't coming from me. This is coming from people uh, who come in. We used to have people come in from Chicago, St. Louis for our open mic because it had yeah. such a good reputation. And it was a great room, like a like a half private little oh, back man. room. Uh, it's, uh, man, I was so proud of that open mic. Like because open mics, they can be kind of rough, like a lot of yeah. and there's there were still rough nights there. Don't get me wrong. But it was a great sought after open mic. And there's a chance we won't be going back to it, which just stinks. Uh, so we're looking for new rooms, though, or somewhere new. Uh, to do maybe an open mic because it's we need it. Open mics are so important because you, you, one for us to test stuff because uh, it's so hard not to go up on a paid show and you want to do new stuff but it's not tested. But to yeah. find new people, not find new people like new openers, like uh, younger kids to like start or like you coming in uh, and bringing the Illinois crowd, which is again great because you're going to be stoners. They're not going to be drunk. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're our guy. You're our guy. Oh yeah, let's go. But hopefully but, yeah. that'll that'll work out. But. Uh, because we got to get you, we got to get you on a show. It's yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see, we'll make it happen. We'll so make folks, it happen. if you're if you're hearing background noise, J- Jesse and I are recording over the lunch hour. Hey, Justine, can you get the blender running too? Can you get the blender running too? Sure. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, oh, are you, make, are you making margaritas? Because yeah, we're getting the fucking thing it's, going. That's... It's twelve thirty. I'll take one. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, um, I probably should go to the gym today. I've been neglecting because I've been working a part time schedule. Uh, I had to pick up hours somewhere, but uh, man, as soon as you God, th- that's how bad my trigger is. As soon as you said blender, it's just like, oh, okay. Margaritas, <laughs> hurricanes. It's 12. I got a show tonight, but I can sober up by then. Well, Hey, yeah. Let's sorry. Not to get you more triggered, but you know, my next question, um, are you okay on time? First of all, you good on time. Uh, dude, I'm on, I'm on your time, man. I got, I got whatever okay. you want. Just wanted to make sure, just wanted to check in. Well, again, not to trigger you or anything, but no. uh, you know, do you enjoy drugs? You got any, uh, any drugs yeah. preference? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm actually pretty open about it. I mean, I, you try with mine. I try to be a little more coy because it's not exactly legal. So uh, sure. we'll, we'll say I, I've done it way a long time ago and you can't yeah. see it, but I'm putting the, I'm putting my finger quotes up. Uh, if this is all alleged, I've never been much of a weed guy. Like I, and I don't yeah. know why. Uh, maybe it's because the times I've I got it, that impression when drunk. you denied my joint after the show. I'm joking. Folks. I know. I, I <laughs> I'm not a weed, and I don't know why. Like because of my anxiety. Uh, like because my my because I have horrible ADHD. Like I'm I'm actually. Yeah. It took me a long time, but I'm actually back on just Adderall because 
I'm, I'm a 38 year old who has eight year old problems. Of, <laughs> I have to be on pretty large dose of Adderall just to, but it does make me more productive. So that's as yeah. of now, that's my drug of choice. However, legal. So yes, I, sure. I may, I may at times take more than the recommended amount, but hey, you know what I, uh, I got an interview to focus on. So I had to pop a couple, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never been a weed guy and I've never went too hard. Uh, like, like stuff like, like meth and heroin, all those, those, those scare me. Like sure. even as a drug guy, like I don't even do shrooms or acid. I have friends who do them. Like I've tried it, but didn't do much for me. Ecstasy was the same way. I've, that, uh, I did it a couple of times. Uh, one time I, I did ecstasy. I think it was either the first or second time I did it. And I took a pill and like nothing, didn't feel anything, didn't feel anything. So I took another one because that's what you do, yeah, when, you don't do. Know, when you don't right. know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> but so, but then that one, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I'm up in, like, I think Grand Rapids, Michigan, hanging out with a friend. And so basically it gets late and like, wow, oh, these aren't working. Let's just, so we, we call it a night and I go back, I sit on the couch by myself and the dog, her dog comes up and I start petting it. And all of a sudden this is the softest dog I have ever felt. And like, oh shit, two pills of X just kicked in at like one forty at night. And I'm by myself that, oh my gosh, man, that poor dog got, boy, it, it's ears got petted a lot because that was two pills of X when I hadn't really done it before kicking in. Uh, but the one, the one drug that I, and I'm, I'm usually pretty open about this is one drug is I, I've uh, dabbled with uh, cocaine a little bit, which uh, I think sure. it gets, a, I think it gets a bad rap in a way. Like, obviously don't do it. And it's like, cause it's, it's addictive as shit and stuff. Yeah. But like uh, every time, like in movies, it just makes people seem like, Oh, they're just so wired that they're going hundred miles an hour. And just right. Uh, mine kind of, I think it's because I need Adderall and like, it almost evens me out when I yeah. do it. Now, granted, I've had times where I've done too much, times sure. uh but that's always been the drug that i've i've kind of liked the most now, i've i've been pretty good lately in trying to stay it's all away about from. titration getting that right dose it really is it's about that exact right dose uh but yeah that's yeah. the that's the only one that i've uh had maybe some issues with a little bit yeah. uh because the at first it's it gets me even just because when i don't have the adhd but now that i have the adderall like i don't i don't need it as much yeah uh, but also it's just such a dangerous because you're so worried about having it on you and scary and yeah, uh, dude. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's one of those things is uh man, is it just such a fun drug though? But sure. it's, but it's just so addictive is the problem. If, if you were able to stop after just one or two like bumps or stuff, I, I think it should be legal. But the problem right. is I've never yeah. met one person. There's no, there is no such thing. If I meet somebody and they're like, oh no, just one or two bumps, I'll be good. It's like, who the fuck are you? And what planet did you come from? Yeah. Because, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the only, uh, those are the only drugs that I've really, uh, really kind of tampered with. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I, I appreciate you being al alcohol is a drug. What the fuck ever uh, it's, uh, <laughs> that one. But, uh, yeah, those are kind of the only ones that, uh, I've really done. I've, I'm not as experimental as I thought I was, I guess, but the other ones just kind of scare the hard ones scare me. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I hear too many stories and it's just like, yeah. I'm needles and I don't even like getting shots. So the, anything like <laughs> I'm not fuck doing shots. that. Fuck shots. The vaccine is so tough for me. I had to, I got my first vaccine the other day of getting the other one soon. So the Chillinois podcast is about to be vaccinated, but oh, um, right. so I have to, I, I sat down with the lady and she was like, okay, so which arm do you want to do? And I was like, uh, my right arm. And so folks, you know, we always try to educate you. The reason I chose my right arm is because I use my right arm the most, you know, I'm joking. Uh, so you saw the horrible pantomime. Um, you know, it was, it, it, your... it was both, it was both a, the hands you had your uh, joint in and also a jerking <laughs> off motion. It was like a yes. double, it was a double hand motion. 
Yeah, yeah. Smoking weed and jerking out. No. Uh, so if, uh, which is, if, if you can do that with the joint in your hand, that is the talent, sir. <laughs> that is multitasking to a very good degree. <laughs> yeah. So I sit down and I'm just like, you know, she's like, which arm? Right. Because folks, they say you use your arm that that you use the most because maybe it's less likely that it'll be become become a sore because you're using it constantly. Right. So just wanted to teach people about the vaccine really quick. But um, yeah, my, my like, brother, oh, my brother. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you can go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. OK, so she goes to give me the shot. She's like, do you want me to like I was like, just just do the shot. Just surprise me. I'm weird. Just do the shot. I don't like to, you know, look at it or whatever. Right. And she's just like, you don't even want me to like let you know when I'm going to do it. And I go, nope, just surprise me. And so I look away. She gives me the shot and I hear the I hear it hit the ground. Like she puts it on the table. I was like, I because I, I didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, you're done. She's like, yeah, I'm like, you're fucking good. <laughs> so anyways, your bro- you were saying something about your brother. Oh, no, he's oh, I was uh, he's already been vaccinated. Uh, he's already gotten both. Uh, he because uh, he works. Uh, part-time at a, uh, a clinic and they had extra that they had to get rid of or something like that. So he's already gotten both. And he, but he was saying like it, I don't know if it was the first or the second shot, but they say like, it does hurt your arm like hell. Like where your arm just gets sore as shit. Like, yeah, after, have, have, have you had that? I had the first one. It was sore, but yeah, they say the second one's going to be super Is, sore, is right? the ass kicker on the arm is what I've heard. Might yeah. need this. I don't know if it's gotta be the same arm, but maybe switch to your left or. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just happy to get it over with. And uh, that that gives me some ammunition. Now I can I can coax Justin into a show. I'll be like, hey, you know, we're both vaccinated. I got weed, you know, get together, do the first Illinois in person show. I you just gave me ammunition for that debate or for you know, that, if, for that if, proposal. If, if this doesn't work out, you sound like a hell of a salesman. So cause I think <laughs> I think I think that pitch might work on him. Hey, yeah, there we go. So, um, yeah. Hey, I wanted to say, I appreciate you, um, like being honest, especially about like the cocaine part. We try to be just brutally honest about all substances and like, um, you know, the fact that even marijuana can, can be addictive, like not in the sense that, you know, uh, most people think in like terms of like heroin withdrawals, right. You know, like you're not going to have withdrawals from weed by any means. Um, but you know, People can get fixated um, on waking up every morning and smoking weed and roll. Oh, yeah. I'm just raising my hand as I'm doing it. Um, oh, yeah. People, people can get into a habit. It's a, it's a habit just like anything else. Um, and just on the note, I've had withdrawals in the sense of like, I, I, if I, since I smoke so often, if I stop smoking, like I kind of like lose, a, lose my appetite, which isn't always a bad thing depending on right. the time of year. But uh, you know uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I see that as a withdrawal, but anyways, I don't, mean to get to but i i appreciate you being honest about that because you know we've talked about a lot of different substances alcohol included and um if you're not careful with with anything everything in moderation i guess what i'm trying to say right this is the legality portion of the podcast to cover all bases of we're not we're not promoting to do this but at the same time uh yeah oh it's it's they're horribly it's there there's a i mean that you you know this there's a sweet spot with every single drug like like you said it's in moderation most of them are actually i don't want to say safe but it's it's i don't think they're near as bad most drugs of what people say in moderation it's like alcohol is the same way everything is but anything like even coffee and any kind of addictive substances yeah i like how coffee and alcohol just in cigarettes kind of conveniently get the pass like you know drugs and alcohol and then they're like we're a drug-free workplace but we got a shit ton of coffee in the front office get yourself wired up let's go Oh yeah. Uh, 
yeah because i'm i'm a coffee drinker too but like one well, and, and, and cigarettes is my other uh vice is as well i've been trying to get better because i'm not an everyday uh smoker where i, I don't just sit around and I, i'm saying that as someone left uh i'm showing you but the, the someone left a vape pen i saw that you got a pretty pink vape i was thinking that probably it is it is a uh, raspberry peach strawberry a friend of mine uh it's and it's just a nicotine one uh they nice. they accidentally left it in uh in my uh my reach and uh, there's a good chance they're not getting this back full because <laughs> i'm not big on these but hey man, man they, they taste nice they, they almost make right. me, they almost make me want a real cigarette more though but because i i can't i can't i can't drink i i cannot drink without wanting a cigarette like it's sure. it's i don't see if you're a smoker how you do that coffee is kind of the same way if I, any any kind of stimulant because and cocaine is the worst like they, that's yeah. the one thing they don't tell you is man oh man do you just chain smoke on that like it is i, I think it's just because any stimulant but oh my yeah. god is that is the absolute worst but um i i'm not an everyday smoker uh because i still try i still try to go to the gym and do my cardio and all that which uh, with all the years i've drank and smoke and the drugs that i've done like when i go to the doctor's office they always get my blood pressure and then there's like every time it's perfect and i'm like it can't be there's yeah. no way with my years of smoking and debauchery that it's like that, but it must, I don't know if it's just from all the cardio that I do or something, but, uh, I got a feeling I'm going to hit a wall with that. But every time I, until I have blood pressure problems, uh, I'm not going to take it as seriously as I should. Yeah. I, so I'm going to employ my Southern, uh, my cat's meowing at me. So folks, we're just having all sorts of background noise. I apologize, but whatever, you know, we're working from home. That's what happens. Right. So, um, I'm going to employ my Southern accent. Um, I haven't done cocaine. But uh, that's I'm, that's the end of that because it's not good. Uh, Don't like cocaine. Uh, I just like the smell of it. Is the old uh, right? Well, I was I was gonna ask ask you though. Uh, I haven't done cocaine, but is right. it true that like maybe like starting at a certain year they started cutting it like with uh, just depending on who you get it from. Obviously, I'm not right. saying you've definitely had this experience, but they started cutting it with like baby aspirin or something like that which gives you the shits my question to you jesse tuttle have you ever gotten the shits from cocaine i was actually gonna i was actually gonna uh talk about that anyway i, I didn't know that's where you were going oh my god is that yes it is it, i, I <laughs> don't think right out and, uh, and it's not even if they mix it with stuff uh because i feel like i've only had one time where it's been probably mixed with something because it was like instantaneously uh an x lax situation of taking it but oh yeah the coke shits are there coke shits are a real thing it's i think it's just because it's an ultra stimulant kind of like even even enough coffee will make you yeah any, any kind of stimulant oh and everybody i know i've talked to about with it like man oh man it's their times when it hits it's like yeah you're getting you're getting cleared out it is a good uh a system clearing drug cocaine uh especially especially after the first few that you do uh like of the night like oh yeah it's it, don't don't be around uh don't do your first couple around uh the pretty girl or a date or something because there's a good chance you're gonna have to run to run to uh the facilities to be able to clear out a little bit but that's that's one of the it, it kind of goes away the other uh downside of like cocaine it's just like people talk about whiskey dick but they never talk about like coke dick and holy shit is because it just because the way it, it transfers your blood like almost all to your brain all the, like, okay it's like any guy who says he can fuck after doing a lot of coke he's he's lying he is lying he's either doubling up with uh coke a snort of coke than a snort of viagra or something because <laughs> i've only been able to pull it off a couple times and you you gotta focus i mean it is it is a challenge to uh 
stay uh stay ready to go after a, a long night of <laughs> cocaine and it's also a time machine too because you'll never have seven hours go by faster than that's what i hear it's like a it's all the sudden it's nighttime and all of a sudden you hear the birds chirping oh my god it, that has happened so many times where and then you look and like how how did that happen it it was just the bars just closed and it's 7 a.m uh it go it goes by fast so th those are those are the downsides to it but the good sides i don't know it, it makes you talk it makes every subject fun like i don't know if you've ever talked to somebody at 3 a.m about how to do the perfect cartwheel and you be enthralled into that conversation but uh <laughs> That's it. Well, I guess that's actually a minus. You know what? Maybe there are no good things that come along with it, but <laughs> I think that um, it'd be interesting to see. I know that people, some people might think this is crazy, but like they really th think they need to hear this idea out. What it would be like to offer to, to legalize all drugs, make them available so that you're not getting something that's mixed with something else, but also right. you're offering these services that, if you'd like to do it, maybe a physician or somebody else can find like, you know, titrate you. Like I say, find an effective dose. You know, maybe it's a pill of cocaine. You know, we basically got it with uh, Adderall and stuff like that. That's basically right. legal meth, you know, but um, I, I just really think that it's not so far. I mean, you look back at Sears ads and there was a time when they sold morphine in it because we agreed that like, hey, we're adults, you know, sometimes because life was real back then, you know, you got your, you got an infection in your foot. You had to cut that motherfucker off. So you needed morphine on hand. Right. right. So <laughs> we were, but we all understood, you know, that, that you, you have to be an adult about it. And then of course these housewives, no, I'm joking. I'm not going to denigrate women when just, just, just because Justine's not on the show doesn't give me that. I'm just, <laughs> no, <it was laughs> the, no, I agree. It was those fucking housewives that ruined it those it goddamn us. housewives that ruined it for all the men ruined legal. I would love to be, I, if they did that, I would love to hear the conversation with a doctor <laughs> on l prescribing someone heroin or something like that would be at least a fun conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. Or mushrooms. You know, you just go, you've been having a few rough months at work and you're like, Hey, you know, I need a trip to Mars and Elon Musk doesn't have the rocket ready yet. It's getting close, but can I, this is my only other way, right? This is the only way. So I, I've had a hard work week and I need to see snakes come out of somebody's face while I'm tripping on acid. That's it's, it's, it's a must, but yeah, it's, I, I, I can understand why they don't legal. It, I think if there was a safe way to take it, I would say they should legalize it. But again, there's, there, I don't, there's, there's just no way to cut off. Like it's, it's, yeah. just, it's most so addictive, but like you said, but then alcohol, cigarettes, all this stuff is here's, perfectly fine. Here's my uh, thing on on it all. Like if if and I know it's going to be tough because, like you say, what's what you're saying is going to happen is it would happen. You know, it, you couldn't cut people off. It would be a problem. But I think all of that would go a long way towards being like, because like right now we've got it so like locked down and stigmatized. You're get, you don't even know what you're getting. So how can right. you say that this is the problem? And then it's like, but if we've got it all out in the open, legal, we can study it. We can, right. cause that's the other part of this. They don't even let people study coca what cocaine, marijuana, LSD, psilocybin, all these drugs can do um, because of the schedule of the drug. So it's like, it's funny because a lot of times the argument against legalization, I'm not like trying to like throw this. I'm just trying to uh, see this idea through the argument against legalization. It's like, 
there's not enough uh there's like not enough data to show that this would be a good thing like a good thing it's like well if you don't allow us to even collect the data it's like that's that catch 22 you know what i mean i i always assume there has to be just uh they just haven't figured out a way for them and by them like the government to to make the most money off of it there you go if if they knew like for them to care about like the health and safety i understand why they have to say that like yeah a a doctor has to say it but like sure there's sometimes they prescribe you stuff that like they know it's like this isn't like it's it's good for you for now but like if they if they could figure out the exact way to make the most money off of it they would do it. They would do they it. Would like, do g- it. That's gam- why they did it with cannabis. Yeah. G- Gambling is the same way. They, I, there, there has to be something why that's not legalized that they just haven't figured out how to where the, someone else is going to be getting 10% of the money and they don't want that shit. So it's the yeah. only way, the only reason that it's not legalized. That's a very great point. That's a very great point. Yeah. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's the only reason we got cannabis legalization in illinois they figured out how to they figured out how to make a lot of money off of it yeah and not not allow you know people that have conventionally been making money off of it you know what we call the legacy providers you know the people that have been supplying us throughout the years doing the the, hard work boy it's it's just another like uh way boy they love shitting on small business they just these all these small business weed growers and sellers they're just like we gotta we gotta stop this shit and yeah boy have they Yep. So cool. Well, before we close, uh, remind us where we can find you online, uh, your upcoming shows. I'll have them in the description, but go ahead and uh, tell us about the upcoming shows again so that people, especially those ones in April, can. Cool. Uh, yeah. Them. Just uh, the best way is just go to cucomedy.com, letter C, letter U, comedy.com, uh, or uh, Champagne Urbana Comedy on Facebook at CU Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we, like I said, our shows this weekend are sold out, but April 17th, Saturday night at Boulder Rotas in Lincoln Square Mall uh, at 8.30. Tickets, uh, they're going pretty quick. So by the time this uh, goes up, we may be half sold out already because I yep. already got I got tickets kind of flying in for that. And then uh, the week after, uh, the April 24th, Saturday in Loda, Illinois at the Country Club. I'm pretty sure those are open to the public and it's not just members and stuff. Uh they haven't exactly told me that yet, but uh, there's two shows, 4.30 and 8. And then starting in May, uh, late May, we'll be back at Alto Vineyards in Champaign once a month on Saturday nights, which are outdoor shows. And hopefully there's not a uh, capacity. Like last year, we couldn't go over 100 people, even though it was outside. And yeah. I'm hoping by May, at least that's lifted a little bit because yeah. we had to turn a lot of people away, which is a good problem to have when you're selling 90 to 100 tickets and there's still a bunch of people trying to get in because... Uh, I need to catch up on I need to catch up on money because I had to get a side job and this is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm lazy and I'm used to comic hours, not uh, actually going into work hours. So so how uh, can we how can we support you though, man? Can we buy t shirts from you and stuff? Uh, yes, we do. Have t- uh, yes, we have t shirts on sale. It's at uh, cucomedy.com uh, or uh, my email's on there. That's the best way. That way cool. I can get your size. We have select sizes left in our CU Comedy t shirt. We're trying to sell those before we get another big batch, but yeah. uh, we're, we're getting close. Uh, I have a personal t shirt that I sell of one of my bits, but it's, it's, uh, unless you hear the bit, it makes no sense where it's, it's, I have 50, I can list 54 different things that are wrong with me, like in concession, but it sells better after shows once I do the bit, but our CU comedy search, Justin, my brother did a, a really awesome design for him. Uh, we spared no expense, uh, very John Hammond did this. And, uh, they are the very comfortable loose weight, like light fitting t-shirts. They're not like yeah. the crusty hard ones, uh, but you can get those at cucomedy.com. Um, 
And yep, those are the only things we're selling right now. We tried to look into uh, CU Comedy face masks, but to get those sold, like we'd have to sell them for so much because of how much they would produce. So uh, t-shirts and tickets, that's about uh, all we got for supporting us right now. Or, uh, you know, you won't offend me by just sending me money. I'm, I was going to say, you got like a, some people just have the thing where you can like buy them a cup of coffee or whatever else, you know, uh, the, you, you can just, than... you can just Venmo me. I'm going to need drug money at some point. So if you really you want go, to... people support your local Chilinoids and their drug, that's right. Drug habit, you know? So seriously though. Um, so before we let you go, so, Hey, you brought up that shirt about, uh, the 51 things that people don't know about you. Could you, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but can you do that? Uh, I'm emotionally disturbed, mentally unstable, and physically deteriorating. I have an alcohol problem, a smoking issue, and a gambling addiction. I have a food infatuation, a caffeine fixation, an internet preoccupation, a porn fascination, and all-around procrastination. And I'm curious about starting to do some drugs. I have a short attention span because I'm long on impatience and morbid sense of humor and a worse sense of life direction. My nerves are grating. My will is fading. My passion degenerating. And the ability to keep my mouth shut is all but evaporating. So that's the thing. I talk too much. I do too little and I don't listen near enough. I have a poor self-image because I'm rich with self-hate. I'm not happy. I'm not dopey. I'm not bashful and I'm not sneezy, but I'm always pretty grumpy. And as I get older, I seem to get more sleepy. I think I need to call a doc. That way I can figure out why I'm a hypervigilant, antisocial, anxiety-ridden, paranoid mess with an authority complex, gloomy disposition, negative outlook, cynical perspective, who has way too high of expectations, prone to show signs of guilt. And all those things that led me to do the Chillinois podcast here on a Friday afternoon. I actually forgot a verse in there somewhere. I got out of rhythm, but there's that's pretty close. Hell yeah. Well, but I have all those. For- I have all those listed on the shirt and there's a verse I think I forgot. But uh, yeah, cool. that's pretty much well, now the, it makes uh, sense for people. Now I'm, yeah, people. I, I do my I do my bits on command. That's <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh, thank Yeah. Thank you for doing that, because I, I felt weird about asking you to do that. Uh, but since you brought up the shirt, I wanted to give. The people oh, no, absolutely. And like I said, I think there was a, even a little verse that I forgot in there. But uh, I've done that. Uh, usually I close with that on a lot of my a lot of my shows. I, I'm always impressed when I can do it after having several, several <laughs> drinks. And it's it's a, that's my uh, the best thing I've ever done in stand up is being able to do that consistently and be quite a few drinks in. Well, man, even if you forgot a line, that was smooth as fuck. Thank you so much for coming on our show. And uh, I look forward to seeing you live again. And of course, having you back on the show, man. So uh, Absolutely. It's good. Th- thanks, Cole. I appreciate it, buddy. And I'll make sure to share this around and uh, maybe we can get uh, maybe we can talk Justin into doing this. So see you, Comedy, can get even more plugs. We appreciate it. Cool.